everybody. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hello. On this fine day, we are going to talk about the documentary Jared from Subway Catching a Monster that's on Netflix. It's a 2023 documentary. There's only three episodes. Kathy, in large part, is going to share with me and with all of you a lot of information about pedophilia because she does have a lot of experience working with folks who have been convicted of, I guess, Mm -hmm. and struggle with, I suppose we would say, the affliction of pedophilia and have acted out on that. And some of that language sounds empathetic and some doesn't. And I think that's probably the dialectic that most of us feel about this. And most of us in the field, I should say. I think the general public doesn't feel that dialectic. I think they just hate them. And yeah. I and I totally get that. Sure. In our field, those of us who have worked with more criminally minded personalities have that dialectic going on of disgusting, you know, yeah. feeling disgusted, but also understanding where it comes from. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, we never are okay with the behavior. It's more so that there might be people who are, who have had things occur in their lives, early on in their lives, that unfortunately created a perpetuation of it and an engagement of it as they grow into adulthood. And again, that's not making an excuse, but it makes a little bit more sense. Okay, this person, this is how they got there. Maybe there can be some healing there and understanding versus, Mm -hmm. you know, the more pathological, unremorseful. Right. And you're going to go into that as well. There are different places. It's it's just like when we talk about a serial killer Mm -hmm. where we try to understand and explain where possibly those behaviors could have come from. And and that's the education piece of what we like to do. And it's the same here. So let's just start out lightly, (laughs) because we already aren't light. But let's start out lightly by just discussing this documentary and sort of saying what you thought. Like, it was three episodes. I thought it clipped along really well. It did. I thought they had interviews. I thought the story plotted out well. Like, they made it make sense. Yes. And it was quick. You know, it was a good watch. It was, it was an interesting watch. Was, I didn't know the whole story. So. Yeah, it was a good watch because I could easily put myself back to that time remembering when Jared was all of a sudden this big deal. They did a lot of showing how like how famous he got. <laughs> and how big Subway got. Right. I mean, people were eating that shit four days, four times a day. Massive um, marketing, yeah. It was one of the, the healthier subs of that time obviously right. you know especially in certain larger cities there's other options and it was cheap it was affordable it exactly. was something that someone with a low income could do that's right to try to help themselves health-wise yeah i mean you could get like a, you know for seven bucks a six six inch sub or whatever yeah. but yeah so I, I i do remember all of that and now watching the documentary and them showing all of the highlights of his celebrity and now knowing really what was going on Talk about a dialectic going on. Oh my God, yeah. You know, so it was really strange watching it because it's like, wow, how did that... You know, it just goes to show you how you don't really know someone no. and how much the media can facilitate the... You know, they made him very awkwardly endearing mm-hmm. and that makes someone seem trustful. It does. Because he wasn't... You know, there's creepy. That's different. 
He didn't come off as creepy, at least in the beginning. He came off as like this socially awkward, used to be a pudgy kid that was made fun of and thought, and he even thought he was kind of dorky until America went, no, Jared, you're awesome, right? And then all of a sudden that awkwardness became this endearing trait. He's like, I am awesome. And we projected, <laughs> we meaning the country, projected him to be this trustworthy, all-American, next-door neighbor. We wanted that. We want our heroes. We create them yeah. out of air. And he wasn't a celebrity. He was. He could have been any you. of us. Yeah, he's and you. That's what worked. Yeah, anybody who de- dealt with a weight issue or whatever was like, oh, that's me. Yeah, didn't, <laughs> you didn't have to be a celebrity to do what he did. He became a celebrity because he was a normal guy. Well, Absolutely. so we thought. Yeah, so we thought. <laughs> At the time, that's yeah. what we thought. I always thought he was a little bit weird or odd, but, but he was, that, he but was, that was just me. I guess maybe that was because he was awkward or something. One of the reasons why I wanted to watch this is not only was it an interesting platform for us to talk about this particular specialty in psychology, but also I wasn't as tapped into the Jared craze, I think, as the culture was yeah, like, was not I, I didn't. I, I knew who he was or mm-hmm. whatever because I watched TV at the time. I couldn't believe how big... I had no idea watching this documentary. How big he was at first? Like People mean? were just like worshipping. I'm like, yeah. I, I never got that. I never got that either, but I can see w- how he got it. You know what I mean? Like from his perspective, I see what happened there from yeah. him, his perspective. But then I also remember hearing about what had happened, but I also wasn't that intrigued or interested or tapped into that story at all. So for those of you who are like us where we weren't that into it this documentary would shed light on what happened sure which i thought was interesting yeah for sure so but i did want to start off perhaps maybe you could talk to us about some categories yeah i mean without going into you know turning this into a, a a forensic course on sex offenders i do think it's important to just make some differentiation here so we're not drawing these like broad strokes which we will which I think is why the media will say things without all of the information and I think that's what's led people to putting sex offenders all in one category absolutely and so let's maybe talk about the different this this article actually comes from the Australian Psychological Society the APS but it's an article that difference differentiates what we call the typologies or the typologies of child sexual abusers and the way they break it down which is correct is they break it down from situational offenses to what we call preferential offenses right and to make to really simplify it a situational offense is is really someone who has an opportunity that they take because they either have some form of developmental regression where they over identify with children Mm -hmm. right um so one of the things that we'll do when we're screening for uh sexual interest it's called a sexual interest screening is we'll look at if there's an over identification with children and that doesn't mean someone who likes kids you can like kids but still understand that you're an adult in the situation and even if you're playing toys with them and stuff that isn't there isn't this emotional connection of being a child with them okay so these offenders do not generally have a genuine sexual interest in children, but they might molest them for reasons of, um, you know, regression, they might be morally indiscriminate and, and feel inadequate. So that can happen. The morally indiscriminate pattern of behavior involves the sexual abuse of children is simply another form of like antisocial personality disorder, um, which we've talked about on the show before. And, and these are, are folks who might lure or manipulate somebody into a situation just because it happens to be there and they are deviant. 
right? Mm-hmm. So just right. Um, oversimplifying this. And then those who engage in more of that inadequate behavior pattern include uh, an array of withdrawn and unusual individuals such as eccentric personalities, psychotic individuals, those with intellectual disability or senility. So the inadequacy might be someone who is in a, has the opportunity, um, let's say they're around a child, they are um, severely delayed, they might have, you know, certain cognitive issues, right? Their own trauma, they might act out in a situation like this. Right. Preferential offenses are much more targeted, and they are folks who this is what this is their actual sexual interest. It's a seduction pattern of behavior characterizes individuals who essentially engage with children by seducing and grooming them with affection, attention and gifts. OK, so when we think about grooming, what that means is it, when we're talking about it from like an adult to a child in a sex offense is when the adult essentially uses the trust in the relationship builds, builds a relationship, nothing sexual at the beginning, but slowly it's like this pernicious sort of slow working relationship that builds that child into believing that they are very unique and, and admired by this adult figure. So by the time the adult, the, the perpetrator begins to push some of the boundaries that child is more is less likely to uphold their boundary, trust the adult, they second guess themselves, and it can be through anything. The reason why a child might give into it is because the child has had enough time around this adult to believe like, well, I must be in the wrong because I trust this person. And the, the perpetrator will oftentimes use things like games or things that are, are seemingly harmless or innocuous. And it's very confusing to a child. And then it moves into much more explicit types of acts where then it's, it, they just eventually go right into that. So grooming can take quite a while. So child grooming is really, it's really about establishing an emotional connection with that child. So the preferential offenses, these are folks that use a lot of grooming. Um, They might uh, abuse multiple victims. Sometimes they use threats of physical violence or um, they will threaten their targets to not tell anybody or they'll say something like, this is a secret between us, Mm -hmm. right? Like nobody can know this because we won't be able to be friends anymore. Mm -hmm. They'll use that kind of language um, that, that puts the moral responsibility on the child right oh i can't tell if uncle so and so or aunt mm-hmm. so and so or this neighbor because they've asked me to trust them well and i know it's they inherently know what's going on is quote unquote wrong mm-hmm. they just don't equate that with not being their fault that's right 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 and then so there's a period of desensitization that happens over time where the child essentially becomes disconnected from their body because they've just learned that this is now something that they do very, very, very traumatic. So I would say that, um, when we're talking about Jared, he certainly has an element of this preferential type of offender. 
And he also has some of, of that introversion style that is, you know, he's awkward. He probably feels power over children because he, you know, we'll talk a little bit about his, his past in a minute here. I won't go into that too much yet. But what we know about Jared just from the outset of what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode is he's an awkward guy. Mm-hmm. And what a way to have power. What a way, I mean, because adults his age... Um, or kids when he was growing up that were his age thought he was a nerd mm-hmm. and he was weird. So right. kids are easy to control, manipulate, all that. Well, and I think it is important that we can go into his history of trauma too because I think it's really relevant to what you're saying. Yeah. And the first thing that comes to mind with what you were saying is what I was struck by when I was watching is the conversations that he has in this documentary with one of the people that was recording him and ended up being a a piece of the puzzle that the FBI could glom onto in their case was this woman that was recording him and pretending to be complicit in the behavior and getting him to say all these things. And what I was struck by when they were doing that is that they talked a lot in the documentary about his being bullied. And when he was younger and when he started, you know, when he gained a hundred pounds, et cetera, as a teenager, as a preteen, And how he was interested a lot of the time in kids who were about that age. And we see that a lot where Mm -hmm. you see it in substance use, you see it in eating disorders, you see it in all sorts of things where these moments of either conscious or unconscious trauma are the moments that the trauma victim go back to and then operate from an emotional state that would have been appropriate at the age of seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Like that arrested development. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just a piece of the overall psychology. I don't mean to say it's cause and effect, but, but that was happening. And I could tell Mm -hmm. in the conversations when he was talking about these really young kids, and Mm -hmm. then they were specifically talking about when, when he changed, when his personality changed Mm -hmm. after being bullied and gaining all this weight and becoming this other kid Mm -hmm. was like, so they Mm -hmm. were, they were making it out to be a cause and effect. But I, I mean, I just see it as one, one piece of his puzzle. I, I do too, especially because you can have sex offenders who were, heavily traumatized or sexually abused themselves, but still have a a conscience Mm -hmm. and really don't want to reoffend and are very embarrassed by their offenses. And they go to therapy to, to really stop this urge because, and we'll get into diagnosis later, but the diag- a diagnosis of pedophilia doesn't have to involve contact. It just simply means like, what is your sexual interest, right? Yeah, intent. Your intent, too, yeah. your interest, what, what, what arouses you. With Jared, what, for me, what makes him more of that preferential guy is that there's a level of sadism mm-hmm. and there's a level of uh, grandiosity and narcissism that we don't see in every sex offender. Mm-hmm. And so what he did so successfully and why we know that this wasn't just like, oh, he over-identifies with children and that's where he stopped growing. Those those people do exist. And I think like Shannon's saying, that's part of this. However, the other part is I'm going to use this mother or I'm going to use this other guy, right, to move into these families to get access to their children. That is so deliberate. That's so planned. um, That's so strategic that that is someone who is absolutely in control and aware of what they're doing. 
Also, the fact that, you know, when he whispers in in that mother's ear at the beginning and he says, you know, something about nine year olds being attractive, it was much more explicit and disgusting than that. Uh, You know, I, I turned to my partner and said, okay, so you hear that, right? That is someone who know he's so grandiose that he knows if she goes and tells somebody she's going to look crazy. He is worshiped by this country right now. They're going to say you misheard him. And about five minutes later when they said, well, why didn't you report him? She's like, who's going to believe me? And sure enough, she does hundreds of hours of recordings she and does. they still don't. That's right. Use them. And they can't. For prosecution. And they couldn't. And I understand that because they were illegal recordings. He didn't know he was being recorded. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, so she knew from the beginning that, but yes, I agree with you. That is someone who on a first freaking date. Oh my God. Like the way they portrayed it was like, it was one of the first conversations they ever had. And he said, he whispered in her ear that like as a test, but also he's getting off by in his mind. Yes. By saying that to someone who's not expecting it, the shock. That's right. And ah, it's like whatever it is. That's exactly. It's like someone who I experienced. That's absolutely right. And that's what they say, you know, like when, when you see someone in, let's say if somebody ever flashes you, they say the best defense, if, if you can come up with it in that moment, is to laugh. Mm-hmm. Because that humiliation Shame, shuts yeah. them down. And so in that moment, he got off on her being shocked and a little freaked out. I'm sure her face gave it away, even though she didn't say anything. I'm sure. And that was their little secret. And they love, you know sociopaths love those little it's his secrets. abuse of her that's right and then he thought in all those i'm sure he thought in all of those phone calls that she was either a complicit person he could talk to like a like a phone sex operator mm-hmm. in a way he was all of the fantasizing right oh, yeah. all of the playing out that we don't want anyone with this to do that's right he was doing all of that with her and she was manipulating him, but she was also being traumatized and tortured. And she allowed herself that, yep. like that was happening. And she talks about that in the documentary. Her whole life changed because of this, of this thing she chose to do with him, mm-hmm. these conversations. And by proxy, he was abusing her mm-hmm. and she was an abuse victim now. It was very, it was very interesting how that all played out. It, it really was. I... I and then, you know, she ends up developing an autoimmune disorder mm-hmm. or, of you know, and we know that someone carrying that amount of stress for that long, you're going to get sick. That's how that goes. And, you know, she, it was like three years, I yeah, think she was following awful. this whole story. Her relationship with her kids, all of this stuff. Yeah. Just did, it got deteriorated from this. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between like the opportunistic personality and the more sociopathic personality? Uh, in this? Well, the, I mean, the opportunistic, how do I want to differentiate this? The opportunistic, I think, is more in line with the sociopathic personality, okay. right? Oh, gotcha. But there can be an opportunistic person who their victim pool is anybody in front of them. Sure. That, versus, that's the word. Yeah. Right. Versus the more sociopathological preferential one who is hunting, hunting for the child. So some sex offenders, their sexual interest is anything from prepubescent to adulthood. And then there are some who are strictly pedophilic and they're only like they're, they have a tractor beam into children who are right. prepubescent. So 
Like the, they won't have they won't have relationships or fantasies about anybody over about the anybody age else. of XYZ. Yeah. Where somebody who's opportunistic, they they're they could just be purely sadistic and a sexual sadist. Yeah. And they will it'll it could be a child, it could be an animal, it could it's be an more, adult. It yeah, could, it's more mm-hmm. reading the victimology. That's right. It doesn't the prey isn't as specific. And they're probably not even pedophilic. They they gotcha. might assault a child because the child happens to be there. And yeah, easy to control. And easy to control. Gotcha. So that would be, yeah, the difference. So all of this really, com- the way that we categorize them is through running sexual interest screening. So one of the things they'll do is something like, a, it's called a PPG or a penile plasmograph, which they'll literally, they test and and track the tumescence. So it's the blood flow to the penis. And then they, uh, I've had to do several of these with my old supervisor up in San Francisco, where we'd go to the hospitals for guys that had been, charged with sex offenses they're clearly behind a curtain we're not watching them but they have a piece of equipment that's hooked up to them and we play different videos and even just audios to see where they become aroused Mm -hmm. and that gives us a sexual interest picture there's other types of tests there's the able assessment things like that where we show pictures and we're able to measure heart rate and all of that and that will all together gives us a a picture of sexual interest in this documentary when it came to sentencing for him they ended up the the evaluator on his that i must have been on his side uh, stated that they believed jared had what was called pedophilia light first of all there's absolutely no such thing you either are pedophilic or have pedophilic interests. I'm like, I don't remember the word light in the DSM yeah. at all. <laughs> or you don't have it. And so what they were trying to say, what they were trying to to say there was, well, he was interested in more like, you know, 11 to 14 year olds so that he had pedophilia light. First of all, that was a lie. His interests were nine year olds. Okay. They were prepubescent. Yeah, he says it a bunch of times. Right. So there's a, there's another type of, of sexual interest category called hebophilia, which would be folks who their sexual interest is in adolescent to like, like 11 to 16, 11 to 14, I think mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah. 11 to 14, because honestly from fix, 15, 16, 17, although it's against the law, considered it's considered normative. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to say, well, he's interested. So that's hebophilia, which was not true at all. He was interested in nine-year-olds. He wasn't pedophilic and younger and younger. Yeah. So pedophilia is a psychiatric disorder in which an adult or older adolescent experiences a primary or exclusive sexual attraction to prepubescent children. And that's what he was clearly stating. That's what he was demonstrating. Those were his victims. So they were even trying to protect him there. And and, uh, it's amazing to me that he only got the sentence that he did. Pedophilia light. Yeah. What the? (laughs) I was like, Like, the hell is that? Sociopath light. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a thing. Bipolar light. We don't we don't do that. Maybe that's like you either meet the criteria or you don't. You don't. You actually just don't. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like even with just depression, it's like major depressive disorder, or you can be unspecified. Right. So you could have unspecified pedophilia. Yeah. I mean I mean you can't really. But it's but like I could see that more than, you know, light is obviously a colloquial word. They were trying to say it's not that bad. Yeah, no. I mean, he's really just interested in like middle school kids. And sandwiches. <laughs> right? Jesus. 
Nine-year-olds and Subway sandwich. Like, what the? Veggie delights. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I was going to say no. something super inappropriate. I okay. Well, okay. But I imagine our listeners would enjoy that. <laughs> ga- a little gallows humor. Veggie delight and vaggie delight. Oh, I don't know. there it is. But it's really, I mean, it was, it, he was so incredibly proud awful of his attraction to these children and i I have i have sat with pedophiles who aren't right very shame-ridden and they they actually have demonstrated remorse and they would love for that to be lifted and there's some that say that that really don't but what he did with the the last thing I, i i wanted to mention on this was when he meets russell taylor yes so there's a reason why in state hospitals, if sexually violent predators will go to state hospitals at time, uh, sometimes they'll even do their probation there. And there's a reason why we do not put them on the same, like we separate them. Because if they are the unremorseful, preferential, sociopathic type, then they will use one another to in their fantasies for rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what his relationship with Russell Taylor was. And what he was doing with the woman too oh my on God. the phone. I was like, girl. Yeah. You, girl. Yes. <laughs> she went on too long. It was too much. He even talked about her kids. Like, I, like oh my God. Yeah. I just wanted to, so many times in this, I was like, lady, you've got to stop. He, I know you were fixated. Yeah. She was fixated and I understand why. I right. totally have a lot of empathy for her, but as a viewer and a psychologist, <laughs> it was just like... We would never let them rehearse like that. Stop! But she just didn't know. She didn't know that's what was happening. She was tr- trying to drive towards some kind of evidence. But the whole thing's illegally recording and we're never going to be able to use it anyway. Like, oh, it was breaking my heart. I do think it just became an obsession me for her. Me too, me too. It, it was breaking my heart as well because I also knew that what we're talking about where he was getting a ton of pleasure from it. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe even a part of him that knew he was being recorded. Oh, yeah. Like, he wouldn't have necessarily cared. No. I mean, he told her right out. So. He did. And he knew she couldn't use it. So talk... Sorry, I interrupted you, yeah. but Russell Taylor. So um, Russell Taylor was the, the guy that he had met. They started going to Thailand together. Right, right, right. And then he's the one who ends up... You know, Russell marries this woman with two daughters. I would see this a lot. So I had a, I had a, a couple of clients, one specifically up in uh when i was working up in san francisco who started dating a woman who had a a child and they supposedly were not allowed uh, he was not allowed to have contact with this child but but we knew that he was illegally you know seeing his girlfriend when the daughter was around and so they they will they'll use um they will groom adult women to get to the children and russell taylor becomes enabled and and obviously that that's already a part of him or he wouldn't have just turned into this overnight the mother who is like i don't know very deep i guess into her christian faith before never drank alcohol gets so traumatically bonded to russell taylor and starts to pimp out her own daughters yeah and condoned him videotaping their videotaping giving them alcohol pornography whatever else just so jared could watch them i mean the whole thing so he could watch them yeah so russell taylor could watch them. yeah like he was doing it because he was the same yeah they were both watching it was just disgusting is it imagine a mother and this is true folks i know people probably don't want to hear this these women will do that they're so addicted to their 
abuser who's a sex offender. And I, I worked on cases of incest like this, where the mother promised the daughter she would leave the marriage. And all the while she's doing couples counseling with him on the side. I mean, the splitting that it's just sick that they can actually groom adults to support them in their fantasies Mm -hmm. and in their crimes. And all of these children who are just endless victims it's so sad. I mean, it's just so sad. And, and he was just so, Jared was so proud of his addiction. Yeah. That was very clear. And the, I think the reason why we can say that or that, that we're hearing that, that our perception of it is that he was proud is because in this documentary, there, there is a lot of, they share a lot of the recordings that were made. Yeah. So you know exactly what he said. All these recordings as this woman made, you know, this is the one place where she could use those, obviously. I don't know if she was ever prosecuted for the illegal recordings. I know the FBI threatened to prosecute her yeah. for them, which is appropriate, but I don't know if she ever was. Yeah, you hear his voice and you hear all of the things that he said. So I do want to give you, if if this whole episode hasn't been a trigger warning. Jesus. Uh, I'm th- triggered. Yeah. The documentary certainly is yeah. so, but, but also a good one. Yes. An interesting one, a cautionary tale, something that with hopefully with the context that we've given you allows you to understand a little bit of how you might be able to protect yourself and also just watching him and, and what he did and that knowledge would also help. So for sure, that's our recommendation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of terror talk. My name is Shannon and I'm Kathy sleep safe, everyone.